Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Purnell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And in today's session, we're going to be talking about hiring employees because at some point, if you need to grow your business, you need help. And the obvious way to do that is to bring more people into your business to help you. But employing people, and there's no way to say this gently, it can be a complete and utter nightmare. You can go from being too busy to still being too busy, but now being a manager of a bunch of people all needing your help too, if you don't get it right. So... I've got my checklist of eight top tips of if you are thinking about hiring somebody in your business. When is the right time to do it? Should you actually employ people or take on freelancers? And how to make sure that you find somebody who can actually do the job. Now, just quickly, before we go into that, though, a few updates from our amazing Vegan Business Tribe community. Because... If you are really looking for help to grow a successful vegan business, then you need to make sure that you're not just listening to this podcast, but that you also come and sign up with us on the website also at veganbusinesstribe.com. And we've got so much going on at the moment. We have just launched our new members directory. So If you are looking for a vegan business, then you can see all our members just by going to our website and clicking on that new member directory tab. And this directory, it is fully searchable. So if you're looking for a new vegan supplier or you're just looking for a fellow vegan business to collaborate with, then you can filter by country, you can filter by business secretary. And if you want to be in that directory yourself, then and all that is part of your vegan business tribe membership. We are also launching our brand new video course in October on how to find more customers. And let me tell you, If getting new customers is a complete mystery to you, then this course is going to teach you everything you need to know to find more people to buy from your business. I go into how people actually make buying decisions and how you can move people from one stage of their buying journey to the next and how there is no way that you are ever going to get somebody to buy from you if you don't know what their trigger point is and when they've hit it. Now, it's going to be four, maybe five hours of video broken up into sessions, all delivered by myself, walking you through each stage of getting customers so that you can take the mystery out of getting people to spend money with your vegan business. However, For the first time ever at Vegan Business Tribe, we are adding an extra one-to-one support program to this new course. So 
If you actually want myself and Lisa to coach you through the process of finding more customers, if you want us to help you one-on-one to apply what's in that course to your own unique business, then you can sign up for a three-month support program where we'll work with you alongside the course. Now, the video course, it is included in your Vegan Business Tribe membership, but the coaching that's only going to be available for four companies. Yep, four. That is as many as we can coach through the course at a time. So pre-registration is now open for the new course. And when you register, you can tick the box that says that you'd also like to apply for one of those four places on the support program with myself and Lisa. And it would be great to have you take one of those places. So just head to the website and find the courses page in the Vegan Business Academy section and you can pre-register there. Or if you want to know more, just email us on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com. So to now seamlessly segue back into our topic for this session, because finding customers is great. But what do you do if you've got too many customers and you need to expand your business? Well, for many people, this is the trigger point that makes you think it's time to bring in help, to employ people. But if you have never employed people before, then it can be a scary process. I mean, can you even afford to hire somebody? Will they save you time or will they actually take up your time? What do you do about all the things like holiday and sick pay? But in many instances, growing a business means taking on staff. You cannot do everything yourself. And if you're sat there trying to make, deliver and sell your product, then you are just never going to grow. But on the other hand, if you've already got a team of people, you might find that you spend all your time managing those people and not being able to move your business forwards either. Hiring people should not be a case of simply bringing in more bodies and filling up more chairs. It should be strategic. Every person you bring into your business should be enabling your company to move forward in some way. And if at some point you plan to exit or to sell your business, then the company cannot be based around you. If you've got a team of employees running a business where the company does not rely on any one person, then that gives it far more intrinsic value and it can continue running if you choose to sell or leave that business. And I've had plenty of experience in this myself. I ran an agency for many years and over a decade, I probably hired over 50 people from designers to account managers to salespeople and administrators. I even hired a couple of people who went on to become co-directors of the business. But I still remember the very first person I ever employed back when I was probably about 23, 24. And I basically hired somebody to be my boss. 
Now, at the time, I didn't realise this. I was working on my own and I was doing all that work myself. I was answering the phone and replying to emails. I was doing the accounts and the admin and prospecting for new work. But I also wanted to grow a business. So I thought if I can bring somebody in to do all the other stuff, in essence, run the business while I do the actual work, then I'll have more time to do even more work and earn even more money. And in one way, I was right. I freed up my time from the admin side of the business so that I could do more work. I was busier than ever. Did I earn more money? No. Because I now had a member of staff to pay for and they got paid a set wage at the end of the month, regardless of how much money we'd invoiced for that period. I took my pay from whatever was left, which was often not much. And on top of all that, my employee was telling me what to do, which project I needed to work on to hit the next deadline and passing on instructions from customers, meaning that I had even less time to work on the business. Now, I'm not going to be too hard on myself because I was only in my early 20s and I'd never hired an employee before. But I thought that was just how it worked. You brought somebody in to do all the stuff that you were too busy to do so that you could take on more work. And that's great if you are just building a job for yourself rather than building a business. If you want to bring somebody in to take over the admin so you can be more productive in your job, then that's great. But that's not building a business. At some point, if you are a business owner, then you need to step up and be a business owner. You need to be the one directing the business. And you cannot do that if you are spending 110% of your time making your product or delivering your service. So if you are at the point where you're bursting at the seams, where you just can't keep up with the orders, then you're naturally going to start thinking about expanding your team. It's how we think businesses work. You build a company by bringing in more people. And for many of us, you're not actually a proper company until you employ a bunch of people, right? But before you just put an advert out on that job board or your social media with a new job role, there are a few things which you should consider first. And I've got eight things for you to think about when employing staff that might just make a big difference to how you approach doing it. Okay, so number one, do you need to expand or do you just need to put your prices Now, this one might make you just stop and think for a second. If you are completely stacked out with work, but still not earning a decent wage, then bringing in employees, it's not going to change that. Hiring an employee is not going to double your turnover. And if you are struggling to make a profit with just yourself, then having two wages to pay, that's only going to make that worse. So, Before you employ somebody and just add to that problem, you need to make sure that your business model works and is sustainable first. 
So if you are working at capacity and not making a profit, then put your prices up and keep putting them up until you're earning the same amount of money, but only doing half the work or until you're just as busy, but you're earning twice as much. Either scenario is an improvement on where you are now. And in a small business, hiring is often not the problem solver that you think it's going to be. So look to see if there are other ways that you can improve the situation before bringing staff into it. If you are drowning in admin, then I guarantee that a lot of that, it can probably be automated. You can bring in a better CRM system and better processes, or you might be able to simply... Just get rid of a lot of the admin that takes up your time in the business. Get somebody to walk through your daily task list with you and simply question why you are spending time on each job. There are likely things that you are doing that simply just don't need the amount of time given to them that you are at the moment. So why hire somebody else to keep doing those things if they can be automated, streamlined or just got rid of entirely? Number two, do you need to hire or do you need to subcontract? Ever since Tim Ferriss released his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, people started to see the benefit of building virtual teams as a replacement for hiring full-time staff. Because there are many modern ways to build a business. That admin assistant that you're thinking about hiring – do they actually need to be sat in your office with you or can they work online from their own? Do you need them full time or can they run your admin at the same time as working with their other clients? Or can they even work in a different time zone to you so that all the tasks are just done overnight whilst you sleep? There are many modern ways of working and some of the most successful companies, they bring together freelance teams just as long as they are needed to complete a specific project or hit a certain objective. And the benefit is that as a small business, you then don't need to worry about holidays, paying sick pay or setting up a payroll scheme. There are no employment contracts to work out and you're not trying to fill up somebody's time just because you employ them and there's not quite enough work for them to do. Now, of course, this doesn't work for every job, if you run a vegan restaurant and you need front of house staff, then they physically need to be there. But I know several vegan food manufacturers who don't even have a head office. Their product is made through contract manufacturing and their whole team works online. They leave the manufacturing and distribution to established businesses to handle and they focus simply on growing the brand and building up their customer base. If you go get a haircut or you go for a beauty treatment, then there is a chance that the hairdresser or the beautician isn't actually employed by the place you are visiting. They're hiring a space within that business or they're self-employed working under that company's name. So, 
before you write out that job advert, ask if that same role could be filled just as well by somebody working for themselves or could it even be undertaken as a one-off project by somebody rather than bringing somebody in as an employee. It might work better for you and it might work better for them. Three, have a clear objective of what hiring staff is going to achieve. So before you hire, ask yourself this question. How is bringing this person into the company going to move the business forwards? What are they going to let you do that you can't achieve now? And don't just bring somebody in to generally help you out. Have a really specific goal of what they need to achieve. Now, the best reason to hire somebody is to replace yourself in the business. As we keep saying, you are going to find it hard to focus on the growth of your business if you are the one spending the whole day making your product or delivering your service. So how can you bring somebody in to replace what you do and free yourself up to actually be the business leader? Or You might look to bring somebody into the business to help you enter a new marketplace or deliver a new service. Both are really good reasons to hire. Bring in somebody with expertise and contacts that the company doesn't have. But if that's the case, don't hire somebody on the pretext that they're going to be in charge of building up sales in a new marketplace and then start dumping your admin on them. You need to let the person do the thing that you brought them in to do because companies can just absorb employees who are brought in with really specific goals, but they end up spending very little time on achieving that goal. You can get to the point where you've doubled your number of staff, but you've not actually moved forward as a business. Four, don't hire until the cash forecast says that you can. When you take on a new member of staff, you have a responsibility to be able to pay that person a wage. They might have left another job for yours. They might have a mortgage to pay, dependents to look after. So you need to have some certainty that you are going to have the funds to pay them. So if you don't even have a cash flow forecast in place at the moment, if you can't say with some confidence what money is going to be coming into the business in three to six months' time, then you are not ready to employ somebody. So go back and listen to episode 67 of this podcast, which is where I talk about how to set up a cash flow forecast in your business. It's one of those boring but really important things that will completely change your company. You need to be able to see the impact that paying a wage each month is going to have on your business's outgoings and make sure that it's in good enough financial health to be able to afford it. If it's not, then use freelancers, use contractors until you've got that certainty. Five, make sure that the person you are hiring can actually do the job. 
Now, I used to run a design team of eight full-time designers. And when we were hiring a new designer, at that first interview, I would make sure that I got them on a computer to do a test project. Could they use the design software? Did they know how to output a file correctly? And probably about a third of the people applying for that job couldn't. So if at all possible, you need to do the same. Before you hire somebody, make sure they can actually do the job. If you are hiring a chef, get them to cook up a dish for you in your kitchen or pay them to come and work a shift with you as part of the interview process. If you're hiring somebody to do your admin, get them to run through your calendar and CRM system during the interview with you to check their skills and familiarity. And you do not have to, and in fact you shouldn't, Just employ that first person who walks through the door that you think can do the job. So also have a trial period at the start of a contract where you've both got a get-out clause if it just isn't working out. And this is important not just for you, but for the employee too. If somebody just isn't a good fit and they realise that they've made a mistake in accepting a job with you very, very quickly, then you don't want that to have to play out over several months. If somebody obviously doesn't have the skill set that they thought they had and they're struggling to do that job, then having a set date in the diary about a month after they started where you can both agree to continue or call it quits that will be really, really useful. Six, get the legal stuff right. Employees are rightly protected by lots of laws, and those laws are different depending on which country you are employing in. Now, usually, you won't have any issues. You will have chosen somebody who is a great fit for your business and has got the skills to help you move forwards. And if that's the case, you're probably never going to fall foul of employment law. But why take that risk? Just make sure that you've got contracts of employment in place. Not only is it a legal requirement, but it's going to protect you too. Make sure that you've got clear company policies and that you get your employee's signature that they have read and have understood all of those policies too. Let your employee know how grievances are handled in the business and if they have a problem, who they need to come to and how they can make a complaint. Many employment law firms will do you a reasonably priced template for a contract of employment, which you can then customise for each new employee that you hire. You can also find templates online, but again, just a word of warning that they might not be relevant to your business and they might not completely cover you. So do your research. Find out what you need to have in place, both legally, but also in terms of good practice before you start looking for an employee. And this extends to the hiring process also. 
Be inclusive. You cannot and should not discriminate in your candidates that you choose to interview. So try doing exercises like having a friend remove the personal details from the CVs you receive before you read them. So then you are just looking at that person's skills and experiences, not their gender, race or physical abilities. And then use that as your decision for who you are going to interview. Seven, go and find the person you want to hire. Don't wait for them to find you. Most people think that you can simply put out a job advert and then wait for people to apply. And doing this can work, but it relies on people who are actively job hunting at that moment. If you have created a really key role in your business, a role that's actually going to be fundamental to your business's success, then don't wait and hope for the right person just to come to you. Do you know where recruiters and headhunters get the majority of their candidates? They just get them from LinkedIn. And they are usually people who are already in seemingly good jobs. So you can do the same. Go find somebody who is already doing the job that you need someone to do, but they're doing it for somebody else and get in contact with them. Make them aware of this role and say that you'd be happy to have a conversation if they're looking for a new challenge. It might be that you can offer them more autonomy than they are getting now or that you can give them more job security or just that you have a better working culture and flexible working hours. There are lots of reasons why people who thought they were happy in their current role might decide to take a job somewhere else if approached with the right offer. You might also want to post your job where you're likely to get vegan applicants. Now, by law, here in the UK at least, you cannot advertise a job saying that somebody has to be vegan to work with your company. It's covered by the discrimination law. So in the same way that you cannot discriminate against somebody based on their religion or culture, you cannot discriminate on somebody's ethical beliefs either, even if to you those ethical beliefs are negative. But you can post your role on vegan job boards, and there are more of them around than you might think. Vevolution, vegan jobs, passion placements, especially in the US, they've all got job boards that are advertising vegan jobs or for vegan companies, meaning that you're more likely to get applicants from people who share your company's ethics. And finally, eight, have a good onboarding strategy for new employees. There is nothing worse when you start a new job than having no idea what you're supposed to be doing, especially if you're working remotely or online. So when you have somebody new starting with your business, schedule in regular time for that person. Have a Zoom catch up at the start, middle and end of the day for the first week at least, if not for a little bit longer. Set goals for that week with the person so they know what you're looking for them to achieve. Don't think that you can just hire somebody, give them the keys to your business and then go sit in a coffee shop planning your vegan world domination while they 
work away without any input from you. It just doesn't work like that, especially at the start. The more support you can give them, then the quicker this person will get up to speed. But also, the more autonomy you can give them, then the better they're going to become at working without your daily input. So set them an outcome rather than giving them a job role and let them work out the best way to achieve that outcome themselves. And yes, it might not be the way that you would do it. But does that matter? You don't want to become a full-time micromanager of this person, teaching them all your bad habits that you've developed over the years of running your business. Let them go away and research their own solutions because there might be far better ways of doing things than you know. And then they can also take ownership of that process. So that is my eight tips for hiring employees. And they are all based on experience. And if you get it right, then you can build a company that is autonomous, where employees feel that they're all building something together. They're all on the same mission and have got real ownership rather than just having a job. But if you get it wrong, then you'll find yourself running a business where you spend all your time micromanaging your staff and trying to motivate them to get results. So if you are in that place where you're thinking about hiring more people, then spend time getting it right. Don't just bring in the first person that you interview. Don't be afraid to spend months finding that right person who shares your vision and will help you move the business forwards. Okay, so Let's just have a quick bullet point catch up of our eight tips for hiring employees. One, do you need to expand or do you just need to put your prices up? If you are completely stacked out with work, but still not earning a decent wage, then bringing in employees is unlikely to change that. Instead, consider putting up your prices until you are doing half the work for the same income or you're still just as busy, but you've got the extra profit to employ somebody. Two, do you need to hire or do you need to sub contract. Employing people can bring a lot of complications as a small business. So can you use freelancers, contractors, virtual assistants, or even use other companies to fulfill your services or make your products? There are lots of ways to build a business without going to the effort of hiring people. Three, have a clear objective of what hiring staff is going to achieve. Before you hire, ask yourself, how is bringing this person into my business going to move the business forwards? What are they going to let you do that you can't achieve now? And even better, ask how this person is going to replace you in the business so that you can concentrate on building the business. Four, don't hire until the cash forecast says that you can. You need to be able to see the impact that paying a wage each month is going to have on your business's financial outgoing to make sure that it's in good enough financial health to be able to afford it. 
If it's not, then use freelancers and contractors until you've got that certainty. And if you don't have a cash forecast in place yet, then go and listen to episode 67 of this podcast. Trust me, you will thank me for it. Five, make sure that the person you are hiring can actually do the job. So set a test as part of the interview process. Get them to come and work a day with you. Make sure that they've got the skills that they think they have before you give them a contract. Six, get the legal stuff right. It is just not worth taking the risk. So research what you need to have in place to meet the legal requirements of your country before you start that hiring process. Seven, go find the person you want to hire. Don't wait for them to find you. Don't be afraid to approach people who are already doing the role that you need to fill, but for another company. Use LinkedIn to start a conversation with somebody about offering them a new challenge. And finally, number eight, have a good onboarding strategy for new employees. Schedule in regular time for that person. And if they're not working on site with you, then have a Zoom catch up at the start, middle and end of the day for the first week at least, if not longer. Set goals for that week with that person so they know what you are looking for them to achieve. And don't be afraid to set an outcome rather than give them a job role and let them work out the best way to achieve that outcome themselves. And that is it. So if you've got any of your own tips or even horror stories on employing staff that you want to share, you can either post them in the Vegan Business Tribe Community Hub or just send me a message and let me know. And remember to go check out both our new member directory on the website and to pre-register for our new course on finding new customers for your vegan business. And if you're not already a member of Vegan Business Tribe, then seriously, what are you waiting for? If you are serious about building a vegan business that actually makes an impact, then come and join us at veganbusinesstribe.com. Just click on the join button on the homepage and you will see all the benefits you get from being a member. But we're also funded by our membership too. So if you want to help us to keep championing the vegan business scene around the world, then I would love you to sign up so that you can support us. So thank you so much for listening. Lisa and I, we really appreciate you giving up your time to join us on this podcast. And if you are listening on iTunes especially, then please do consider writing us a quick five-star review and then that way other people know that this is a podcast worth listening to or just give us a thumbs up or whatever your podcast platform lets you do and i will see you on the next one